Welcome to the Family Church Sermon Podcast. Join us each week as we look to the Bible to seek out what it means to love God passionately and love people personally. For more information about our weekly gatherings and how you can be part of our outreach, visit jointhefamily.church. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Greet you with Jesus' joy this morning. Definitely. Greet you with Jesus' joy. And and I'll tell you, those songs is really really just blesses my spirit. Praise God. Yes, it just really, really touches. It makes you just want to keep singing. Praise God. The way, the truth, the life, I believe you are. Oh, praise God. That song just touches my spirit. Now, it might not sound like Mr. Tim, but you know what? I tell you what, praise God. But it just, uh, that really blesses my spirit. I want to keep singing it, but I don't know all the words, definitely. But you know what, though? Isn't it a blessing just to hear? Praise God. That's our hope right there. The way, the truth, the life. Lord, I believe you are. Praise God. So as we uh, come right now, we just, uh, we thank you this morning as we actually come to, to come to, we come to worship Jesus this morning. Amen. We come to worship Jesus and we thank God this morning. We thank God. We pray for our pastor, pastor, pastor Dean and the whole Ross family. They traveling. The pastor Dean is preaching right now. And we pray Lord, for their health, their traveling grace. And definitely we actually uh, pray right now while he's getting ready to bring forth the word. We just pray right now that we know that our, our church family is here now. We just pray right now and we just lift up the name of Jesus because we serve an awesome, we serve a powerful God. So this morning we just so thankful just to be here in the house of God one more time for such a time as this. Praise God. And there's so much going on. But today we're going to hear about Jesus. Amen. We're going to hear about Jesus. Yes, definitely, definitely. So uh, let us pray. Father, we just come in your awesome and your powerful name. God, you are miraculous. You're powerful. You're holy. You're righteous. And God, just thank you right now, Lord God, for the power of the Holy Spirit right now. God, I pray right now, whatever you want to do, Lord God, is reach prayed as well during this, in this service, Lord God. Have thine own way, Lord God. I pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus, you'll take, Lord God, my mind and my thoughts, Lord God, and Lord, decrease them, Lord God, and increase the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to speak through me for your glory, Lord God. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask right now your precious and powerful word, Lord God. Lord, we ask you to save. We ask you to heal. We ask you to deliver right now, Lord God. And we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus, God, that we're not dependent on ourselves, but we're dependent on the power of Jesus Christ. So thank you right now, Lord God, as we, Lord God, continue to open your word, Lord God. Be our help, our hope, and our stay as we bring forth your word, Lord God, as I bring forth your word, Lord God, with clarity, Lord God, peace, Lord God, and Lord God, just clarity of your word. Speak right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Your servants are listening. Pray that right now in Jesus' name we say amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Yes, yes, yes. We are, uh, there is a word from the Lord this morning. Amen. And that word this morning, if you turn with with me in your Bibles, please to, uh, we'll be reading in 1 Samuel. We'll be reading in 1 Samuel. When you have it, take your time. When you have it, you can say amen for me. So I know we can proceed. Amen. We'll be doing 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30. And we'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 21. I know there's quite a few scriptures, but scripture is actually going to tell us our story this morning. Amen. Amen. So uh, the word of God reads as follows. I'll be reading from the ESV uh, Standard Version. Okay. Verse 30 says, 
Now when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against Negeb and against Ziglag. They had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. No one but carried them off and they went on their way. They killed no one but carried them off and went on their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices. They wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam of Jezreelite, Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abithar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abithar brought the ephod to David like a priestly robe. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out and the 600 men who were with him and they came to Brook Bezar, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men, 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook Bazar. They found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate. They gave him water to drink. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs, two clusters of raisin. And when he had eaten, his spirit revived. For he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days or three nights. Exhausted. And David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to Amalekite, and my master left me behind because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid against Negab and the Cherethites and against that which belongs to Judah and against the Negab of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag with fire. We burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, will you take me down to this band? He said, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will take you down to this band. David defeats the Amalekites, verse 16. And when he had taken him down, behold, they were spread abroad over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because all the great spoil they had taken from the land of Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David struck them down from twilight until the evening of the next day. And not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who mounted camels and died and fled. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken. David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great. Sons or daughters, small or anything that had been taken, David brought back all. David also captured all the flocks and herds and the people, drove the livestock before him and said, 
this is David Spall. Amen. May God uh, add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. Amen. And as we as we see in this text, that, that was a that was a story. That was that was some uh, distress and some sorrow going on here. And as, as I can uh, say about this text, this text right here really uh, rings dear to me. Uh, I'm retired military, retired Navy. And at one time in the military, the men went out to sea and the women actually that was in the military or the wives uh, that went in the military, they stayed home in the military housing and they actually, uh, the women that was in the military, they actually worked on base or the wives, they may have worked on base too or they actually stayed home. Uh, and the men actually went out to sea, you know, and we actually went sometime for six months, sometime for nine, sometimes a year, depending on whether or not, you know, there's war actually going on. And so, um, but when we came back, we was excited to get back home. You imagine that being gone six months or nine months. Y'all probably know how excited I am. I was so excited running the balloons everywhere. Had, uh, had chicken and had gumbo, had ribs, had cake, had all kind of uh, greens and all kind of green beans and cakes and stuff. It was a big celebration because we were gone, but now we've been gone six months, but we coming back home to our family. We come back to just rejoice because we have been gone gone to war, but now we're actually back home, but our family's there. So this rings dear to me, because every time I got home, my family was there intact, and I ate a lot of food and just had a great time and probably hard to sleep. I was probably so excited. This text actually speaks of men that had gone to war. And the early text in 1 Samuel 29, it spoke of David was going with the Philistines, but the Philistines commander said that he did not want David to actually, and his 600 men, to come battle with them. So David was upset, and the commander of the Philistines in verse, in actually chapter 29, it says, send the man back that he may return to the place to which you have assigned him. And then David said, I might not go, I may not go up and fight against the enemies and my Lord the king, Nevertheless, the commander of the Philistines have said he shall not go up with us to the battle. So David was ready to go to battle with, with the Philistines. They said, we don't need you, David. So David actually, 600 men, they're excited to come back to their wives and come back to their children, their livestock, and they're going to cook, and they're going to have food. They was excited. But the excitement turned to sorrow, it turned to pain, it turned to hurt. And this morning, I have a title and the title says, God's help for your hurt. God's help for your hurt. And as you see in this text, they were truly, they were hurt. And let me tell you this morning, as I go through my points, there is a, a help for your hurt, amen? There's a help for your hurt. Ziglag was about 50 miles from Aphek to Ziglag. The, Amalek, the Amalekites surely knew that the bulk of the armies of Philistia and Judah had gone to battle in the north, and they certainly took advantage of that. They knew that David and his men were gone to fight. They took advantage of that. So they actually came in, the Amalekites, they came in to the camp, and they burnt the whole camp up. They took the wives captive. Sons, daughters, livestock. 
They took the whole entire camp. They didn't kill anyone, but they took the whole camp. So when David and his men come back, they didn't go to battle. When they come back home, they are ready to see their families. But when they come back, the family, the city Ziklag is burned to the ground. There's no families. Everybody taken. They're in deep sorrow. They're crying. Where's my wife? Where's my sons? Where's my daughters? Can you put yourself in that situation where you go and you come back and the whole city is burned and they're gone? They didn't know whether or not they were dead. They were they were in despair. They were they were hurt. They were in pain. When the camp was empty, no protection, the enemy came in and actually took everybody away. Scripture says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. Jesus said, I have come to that you may have life and have it to the full. Which leads me to my first point. How to handle sorrow. How to handle sorrow. Bless you. Verse four said, then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. They cried. They were hurt. They cried out the voices. You imagine 600 men, men of war crying out to they help me, help me. They're crying out. They couldn't cry anymore. Weeping is expression of deep sorrow. The Greek word for weep is eclapse. Weak, cry, and wail. They were hurting. Have you ever cried before when you're hurting? But let me tell you something here. It's all right to cry. I cry. I cry sometimes because I'm in pain. But sometimes I cry because I'm in joy, amen? Sometimes I think about the goodness of God and everything he's done in my life. And you know, it brings tears to my eyes. Sometimes I think about it while I'm in the store, I'm out and about, and I put shades on because I'm thinking about the goodness of God, praise God, and tears come to my eye. But I'll tell you what, it's okay to cry if you're in pain. But one thing we know that in John 11 and 34, Jesus said, where have you laid him? He's talking about Lazarus. He asked, and Mary said, she said, come and see, Lord. In verse 35, Jesus wept. If you're in pain, it's okay to cry. Praise God. It's okay to have grief. If you're hurting, Reese prayed about we, we human. If, you, if, you, if you're hurting, we're human, cry. It's all right. But one thing, how can we listen to this text? How can this text speak to us this morning? They were in pain. They didn't know where their family was killed. They was gone. They was, the city was burned. Can you imagine that? But one thing, we hear this text, it's okay to cry. They wept till they couldn't cry no more. You ever cried till your eyes are bulky and you can't cry no more? It's all right. How can we apply this to our life? We can apply this to our life like this right here. Today, I don't know who's in sorrow. I don't know who's in pain. I don't know who's in misery. But we can turn to the Lord. That's how we can apply this. First Peter 5, 7 said, if you cast your cares, concerns and burden on God, because he cares for you deeply, praise God. If he go fishing, you don't just stay right there. You cast it out, praise God. So I tell you what, this is how we can apply the scripture of life, how to handle sorrow. Cast.
cast your cares, concerns, and burdens on God because he cares for you deeply. Praise God. He cares for you. Psalms 34 and 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Oh, praise God. If you're hurting, God is near to you and he has saved the crushed in spirit. Amen. And Proverbs 3 and 5, trust God with all of your heart. If you're hurting how to handle sorrow, trust God. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust God. But it says here that David was greatly distressed. And, and verse 6, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people was bitter in soul for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Well, how to handle sorrow? Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't take matters into your own hands. 600 men went to battle with David. They came home. They cried till they couldn't cry no more. Children was gone. Family was gone. Wives was gone. And after they wept, they was getting a plot. Blaming David for that. They was bitter. And they wanted vengeance. But let me tell you what scripture says. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 35, 30, 32, 35a, it is mine to avenge, I will repay in due time. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So if somebody calls you sorrow, hurt, pain, or misery, don't take it into your own hands. Turn it over to God. God says vengeance is mine. And how can you turn it over to God? By having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ is better than any plan or anything we think to do. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How do you handle sorrow? Have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only how you handle sorrow, which leads me to my second point, how do you handle distress? How do you handle distress? Scripture says in verse 6, and David was greatly distressed. David was distressed. No, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. David was greatly distressed. Can you imagine? Both of his wives was gone. The camp is burnt. He was in charge. But the people talking about stoning him, he was in distress. He was actually hurting. He was in distress. He was hurting. But scripture also says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Have you ever been so hurt and you didn't know what to do? Have you ever been so hurt that you didn't know what to do, what to say? It says David was greatly distressed. But one thing David did, oh, praise God. The word of God says, and David Though greatly distressed, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How do you strengthen yourself when you are down and, and, and everything is not going right and you're hurting and people are crying and you're crying and your family's taken? How do you handle distress? Well, you turn to God in prayer. Lord, Psalms 56, 3 and 4, it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Verse 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? When you're distressed, turn to God in prayer. 
talk to God, turn to him in prayer. It says in Psalms 25, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. It says also, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame and let my enemies triumph over me. Verse five, lead me in your truth and teach me. David was distressed. We encouraged himself in the Lord by talking to God. Amen. So I tell you, whatever you have going on today, talk to God about it. Amen. Talk to God. Open your word of God. Speak to God in prayer. How did God speak to us? When we open God's word and read his word, he speaks to us. Psalms 25, 11 says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt for it is great. Oh, talking to God is just like I'm talking to you. How you doing, Miss Donald? Praise God. We can talk to God because how do you handle this stress? You open the word of God. First Chronicle 29 11 says, your Lord is greatness and power and glory and majesty and splendor for everything in heaven. You give God praise. Amen. You talk to God, you pray, you let him know your pains, but you tell him how awesome he is too. Your glory, your majesty, your majesty, everything in heaven. You praise God as well, amen? How do you praise God while you're hurting? Well, tell you what, David strengthened himself in the Lord by prayer, by praise, and being transparent. Lord, I hurt. I'm in distress right now. The key to the Christian faith is prayer. Prayer is very vital. It's a way to experience God and as believers in Jesus Christ, it is our way of talking and listening to God, giving God praise, thanking God for all that he waking me up today, starting us on our way, asking God, Lord, I didn't do right today. Forgive my sins, oh God. The Bible says when you come close to God, He'll come close to us. Why pray? It's a way to lead to eternal salvation. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we need wisdom on something, James 1, 5 says, if we lack wisdom, ask God. He give it to us much as we want. And I tell you, how you handle distress. Have anybody out here been in distress before? I tell you what, how do you handle distress? Well, I tell you, <clears throat> distress is something that it hurts, it pains, it can take you, it can grip you. Years ago, my son was in his early 20s, a great young man, and he was out in Woodbridge, Virginia. He was on his phone, stepped outside his mother's house to call his girlfriend just to say how you doing on a Friday night. And he stepped outside and he was outside his mother's house and he was just on the phone talking to his girlfriend, probably, you know, letting her know, hey, you sweet. And she said, you sweet. And they just probably chuckling. You know, they probably know what to say, you know, young and, you know, try to be in love, right? But he was on his phone and he said while he was on his phone, a car came up and it skipped his wheels and kind of turned sideways and came real fast and passed back by him. And he was looking at him on the phone. Somebody rolled down the window and they started shooting. And they shot my son. And my son fell. They shot him. I was working night shift. So when they called me the next day, they said, hey, we were trying to call you. We couldn't get through to you. I know you're down in Virginia Beach, but Andre has been shot. When they told me that at work, 
First thing I do, I became in deep distress. I fell to my knees. I was in distress. I fell. I didn't actually say, is he okay? I fell to my knees. I was in distress. My son has been shot. But others came around me, and they began to lay their hands on me and pray. And I got up running down the hallway, didn't even check out for my job, got my keys, and I just drove full speed home, hurting. Picked up my wife at the time, and we packed some stuff. I called my pastor, he prayed with me, and we went up to the hospital where my son lay. I was in deep distress, but others prayed for me. But I was praying the whole while, didn't even drive, couldn't even drive. Laying back, crying in tears and distress, and just praying, asking God, Lord, help me. When we're in distress, call out to God. Hey, Lord, I'm hurting a little bit. No, you can say, mercy, help, Lord. In distress, how do you handle distress? But let me tell you about somebody that handled distress. Matthew 26, 39. And he went a little further, fell on his face, prayed and said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Jesus said, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Lord. This is the cup of suffering, agony, pain, distress. He was willing to endure for all mankind. And he did. Jesus is fully God, fully man. He prayed and accepted the cup of torture and shame and crucifixion for us. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raises from the dead, you shall be saved. How did David handle distress? Strengthening himself in the Lord. How did Jesus handle distress? Prayed to the Father. How did I handle distress? I prayed to my Heavenly Father. We all have a relationship with Jesus. That's how you handle distress. How to handle sorrow? How to handle distress? Which leads me to my third point. How do we walk in victory? Praise God. We learn about how to handle sorrow, how to handle distress. Well, how do we walk in victory? How do we walk in victory? Well, verse 8 says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake and shall surely rescue. Well, how do we walk in victory? Well, we walk in victory by getting direction from God. Trusting the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge God, and he will direct our paths. That's how we walk in victory. Leaning not on our own understanding, but acknowledging God so he can direct our paths. How do we walk in victory? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. That's how we walk in victory. How do we walk in victory? When we persevere in faith, and not only that, but we also glorify in tribulations and knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Romans 5, 3, that's how we walk in victory. How do we walk in victory? We submit to God, be at peace with him. Job 22 and 21, how do we 
walk in victory. Well, praise God, we walk in victory by actually having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We walk in victory by having faith, saying, I don't see the end, but I know I'm going to keep walking by faith, walking by faith, not by sight. How do I walk in victory? Inviting Jesus Christ in our life. Don't matter if we have sorrow, we have distress, we have pain, we walk in victory and say, not me, but Lord Jesus, you are the one that can save me. We can walk in victory by inviting Jesus Christ in our life, by giving God the will to our life and letting him drive, praise God, and take all our hurts, helps, and pains, and there will be triumphs and many gains because Jesus is our protector. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. He's the great I am. He's the one that picked us up and give us all we need. All we need is Jesus. Victory. Peace, mercy, grace, help, forgiveness. Where can we find it? Well, tell you what, it's all in Jesus. Praise God. Verse 18, David shows us how we can walk in victory. It says, David recovered all that the Malachites had taken. Oh, they was crying earlier. The camp was burnt. The wives was gone. The, camp, the last sons and daughters was gone. But David recovered all that the Malachites had taken. David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, small or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. David also captured all the flocks and herds, and the people drove the livestock before him and said, this is David's spoil. Amen? Praise God. So how do we walk in victory? Praise God. Oh, he was, he was sorrowful. Then he was in distress, but he inquired of God and he followed God's direction. Then he went and God sent, oh, praise God. God sent a man. They found an Egyptian in an open country and brought him to David. Let me tell you something. God will help you in the midst of your pain. Don't hold it. Job said if you hold it in, it only hurts yourself. If you're in pain, let it out. Praise God. God sent help. He sent help. He says they found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David. After they fed him, you know, sometimes when you're hungry and somebody feeds you, you may talk a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So he actually, they, they gave him some food and, and they fed him. And then, you know, he said uh, his spirit revived. And he said, had, hadn't ate for three days. But he said they, to David, verse 13, to him, do you belong? Who do you belong? Where are you from? He said, I'm a young man of Egypt. And he told it all, a servant to a Malachite. And we burned Ziglag. David said, you did what? We burned Ziglag. Here's my answer. How many do you know today that God will send your answer? He has help for your hurt. His name is Jesus, amen? He has help for your hurt. You read on the back of uh, everything you buy got directions to it. And, and then, you know, you do this and you do this and you do this, whatever. But tell you what, here's our direction to eternal life. It's Jesus. Here's our help for our hurt. Here's our victory. Not sitting in it, not squalling in it, but walking in it. David got up and he actually started praying, praising because he had a relationship with Jesus. And then God blessed him. So I just tell you as I get ready to close. One thing about Jesus we know is that there's victory in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. Oh, they hung him high. 
They stressed, they, they hung him high. They stressed him wide. They beat him beyond recognition. He held his head and died. But he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But the, he, he was buried and died. But on the third day, according to scripture, he rose with all power in his hands, all power to heal us, all power to save us, all power to deliver us, to redeem us. He's Jesus, praise God. That's how you walk in victory. You invite Jesus Christ, the one who hung, bled, and died for our sins. But he paid it all, praise God. To him I owe all. That's how you walk in victory. Say yes to Jesus' will in his way. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I just wasn't saying victory. I was reading what Scripture says. So I tell you what, as we're here today, thank you for listening to how to handle sorrow, how to handle distress, how to walk in victory. But one thing about Jesus, hey, I was watching the track meet last night and everybody was running, but the people that won, they put their flag around them and they walked around the track, did a victory lap because they won. The people that didn't win, they didn't walk around. They walked around, but they didn't do a victory lap because they didn't win. But let me tell you this right here. If you want a victory lap, invite Jesus Christ in your life. That's the victory, no matter what is going on. We all have sorrow, we all have pain, we all have distress, but we invite Jesus Christ in our life and we do our victory lap for life, praise God. Amen. And one thing we know as I get ready to close, there is victory in Jesus. When I was a little boy, they used to be saying, they used to be saying, victory is mine, victory is mine. Victory me today is mine. You know what? And we used to always be clapping our hand, you know, when we was a little boy. You know what? I told Satan to get behind. Victory today is mine. Joy is mine. They used to be singing. I was a little boy. I was just singing, clapping, probably going too fast, you know? But as I got older and I said yes to Jesus, I didn't just say victory is mine. I was putting my hands up. Victory is mine. I was singing a song with conviction. Victory today is mine, praise God. I said with some excitement because they ran the track meeting, got the victory out, but I invited Jesus Christ in my life and I got the victory. As I get close, do you want victory today? Do you want victory? Do you want, do you want victory? Do you want victory today as we get ready to continue with our communion as we close this service, after we pray. Do you want victory today? That victory is found in Jesus Christ. He can handle your sorrow, your distress. He also can handle whatever you got going on, pain, sorrow, no matter what it is, because he'll give you the victory, how to walk in victory. This text shows us how we, they walked in victory. And I told you my son got shot, I was in distress. My son, 35 years old today, doing well, living life, praise God, restored. You think I was in distress, I was, but I went to the hospital room, he laid there, eyes closed, and he just got, he just took a wound in his knees and it was swollen up like a baseball bat. And actually, and, and that was it, and he was actually, he was in the hospital, he was swollen, right? But I tell you, when I walked in that room, his eyes was closed, but when I walked in that room, his eyes opened. He knew the presence of the Father was there. 
I began praying for him. He's 35 years old today. It's my second son. Praise God. I was in distress. So this rings good to me. This touches my spirit. But God took that distress into the nurses, doctors came in. They said, you all are people of prayer. And the people on the next current over, you know, they heard the prayer. We pray for them too. But God sustained him. He had some pain. He went through some, some rehab and stuff like that. But he didn't do anything. Someone was just trying to join a gang and they seen him talking on the phone and they just, we were all in distress. We were crying out. But God sustained him. God will sustain you today. I ask you this question as I close. If you were at the closing table ready to sign your documents to close on a new home and someone comes in and gives the mortgage people a check and pay it off and they say, hey, Here's the keys to your new home. It's finished. No documents. The debt paid in full. All you got to do is accept your new home. Here's the keys. You think you accept it? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. Paid the debt for our sins. For all mankind. Will you accept the finish? that Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Today I ask you, the Bible says, if anyone call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. As I close the sermon, we want to ask, is there anybody in here today that would like to invite Jesus Christ in their life? You may have sorrow, you may have distress, but how you walk in victory is to invite Jesus Christ in your life. So if there's anyone today that would like to invite Jesus Christ in your life, I ask you to come up to the altar and if you'd like to invite Jesus Christ in your life, I'll pray with you. Father, we just come in your awesome name today. We have heard about Jesus. We have heard about the saving power of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we ask right now, if there's anyone in here, on the sound of my voice, Lord God, if they don't know Christ as their personal Savior, I ask, Lord God, today, we'd invite Jesus Christ. You are the way to handle sorrow. You are the way to handle distress, and you are the eternal victory as we walk in you. We praise you, love you, magnify you, and adore you. Have thine own way, Lord. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we say, amen.